Morning, Jorge. What's going on today? <laughs> Buenos dias. Good morning, everyone. Today on uh, The Brew, we are going to be talking about experts. And we're also going to be talking about Fidel. And we are going to give a little shout out to, you know, our peoples out there, our indies who have Kickstarters going on right now. So well, that's coming up next. On Salud. The Morning Brew. What's up, George? It's crazy. I survived the storm yesterday. Good morning. Good morning, nice. everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Morning Brew with the Crazy Crew. We are going to be talking about some good stuff today. Yeah, I know. Storms were crazy yesterday. Uh, but before we get into it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Give us a like, comment below. Make sure you hit the bell so you know when we go live, which is every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. I almost didn't make it this morning, but here we are. So, yeah, dude. Last night, what the heck was going on, bro? The awesome. power just kept going on in and out. You know what's crazy is that it was one side of the room. Yeah. Right? So it was whatever circuits attached to the outlets on the front facing of my house and this side. Because this side would go completely out. But that socket right there behind me where my laptop was hooked up, I, I picked up on it after the, the third ball. I, th I thought I was kicked out three times. I was like, all right. After third time's times, a charm. Yes. Good morning, Aurelis. Good um, morning, Aurelis. Uh, yeah. So after the third time, I was like, you know, I can't keep doing this. I said, wait, I stream on my laptop. And I looked. I said, the power's done. And even if the power goes out, I'm, I'm on battery. I said, oh. So that's when I decided to switch over. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I mean, that storm was out of control. I mean, and then it rained all night um, because I woke up this morning and everything was wet and um Foggy and moist, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, my dogs were just they were, they were uh, and you know the thing is I didn't know that the storm was coming at this caliber because normally what I do I have these um so, uh, pills to relax the dogs anxiety oh, pills yeah. and so I normally give it to crazy all that because when I was doing the show all I heard with them downstairs was like rah, rah. My, you know my poor wife had to deal with all of those you know usually they're with me. Um, but I couldn't have, I didn't want to bring them up here because they'll be barking every time it does the boom went, they were barking. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So we survived that storm last night. Um, you know, thank you everybody for your patience. Um, we made it through, um, uh, Sebastian Bonet's show without any glitches. <laughs> uh, so that was good. That uh, was funny, man. You look like you were in a bunker. You look like you were hiding out last night. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Help me. It was interesting. It was interesting. That joint was funny, bro. That yeah, joint yes. was funny. But let's get um, you know some housekeeping things out of the way. Um, I do want to say uh, thank you to the newest um, people who've signed up. We're up to 47 signups on the Kickstarter. So have you signed up for There's an Alien in My Toilet issue number three, I Chihuahua, which launches on September 20th. We're trying to get to 100. And we're almost there. We are 47% on the way there, which is crazy. Good morning, Masterpiece Art School. And um, and uh, that's, uh, I think, Christian. And um, yeah, yeah. So sign up today if you haven't done so already. I, Chihuahua, it's a double header. You know, there's also 
do these monsters on Planet Cthulhu, which is available as a stretch goal add-on. This is another 24-page full-color story um, that's in there where Duty is after his time on Earth. He's back on Uranus, and he gets bored. And then he finds out about this mystic creature named Cthulhu on the Outer Rim, and he wants to go off on an adventure, doesn't understand what he's getting himself into. And uh, so this is a great, great opportunity to unlock this as an add-on. That's a three-spread cover that you can actually get the single cover or all three and make it one big image. But if you sign up today, I'll send you this digital PDF print of Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. And if you come to the campaign when we launch and you back it for a physical tier, you'll get that 7 by 10 print in the mail as well. Um, so that's pretty dope. Um, I'm excited about that. And uh, this is one of the newest T-shirts that will be available on the campaign is Life is Better with a Friend, Duty and Me. And so that's going to be available also on the campaign. I'm excited about that. And um, to top things off, if you're going to be in Texas next weekend, I will be at the Arlington Comic Fest, booth number 25 on the 20th and the 21st. Doors open at 12 p.m. both days. Closes at 7 o'clock on Saturday and um, 5 o'clock on Sunday. So come and see me there. I'll be there. I'll have some original canvas art. Um, I'll have the, the copies of the books and be signing. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's all exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm getting uh, stoked about all this stuff. Sweet. Thank man, you, yeah. sir. Thank you, sir. Monsters look good. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, everything everything seems to be on a way out. Also, just real quick uh, for the Adventures of Wonder Dog, everything is out to you guys. You guys should be getting that in the next few days. Uh, packages were delivered. T-shirts are out. Also, if you go to my website, I added a tank top for the Adventures of Wonder Dog. So you, now you can get tank tops for the summer Ice before beaters. it ends. No, Ice. you can't. What do you mean, YC? There's no such thing. It's you. Why? What is that? No, they're called eight. I, I think they're called. What are they called? They're actually called like eight, eight tops or something like that. No, they but they're not that. They're not tight. Uh, they're not tight, uh, dude. This isn't uh, like you're not. You're not in the Jersey Shore, bro. You you uh, move out of Jersey. No, you're no, Texas, no mullets. Fist bumping. No, 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 no. It's tank tops. Tank tops. Tank tops. So. um Anyway, so uh, yeah, so that's yeah, so that's out there right now. So check out the website, get your meds with a z.com. Mm. What else is going on? What else is going on? We have that going on, and uh, oh, don't forget that. Uh, and we're gonna give a shout out to a few Kickstarters, but real yeah. quick before we even start doing that, I'm lettering a book for Mark Torres called Designated. Designated is also on at, on Kickstarter right now. Yes. So if you guys haven't done so yet, please check that out. Um, give uh, Mark some support. He has a show called It Came From The Radio that he's been doing for years. And uh, the way the show started was to kind of like help him out to do his his comic. And now his comic is out. So, you know, show a little love. Designated is on Kickstarter right now. He's going to be on the show next week, actually, Wednesday. So he'll yeah. be on the show. So uh, show some love there. But I think you have some others that you want to show a little love to, right, Sam? Yeah. Before that, um, I, did, I did want to say about the Kickstarter. Issue number two was supposed to arrive yesterday. Jesus, you're still talking about yes, this? Oh, my God. So, so I they're thought arriving you gave you all the today. time. Stop acting up. So they are you're acting today. up. I like keep talking about this. Let's oh, finish on. already. All right, let me mute the mic. So uh, I just muted this mic. And so... <laughs> So the UPS sent me an alert. It's being a, it was rerouted and oh god, hurry up! That's it. Hold on, that's <laughs> it. Mute that damn mic. Uh, so what's up, everybody? So um, did you notice that 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 pimple on George's nose? Has anybody seen that one? It's kind of glaring, but um, yeah. So uh, issue number two 
arrives today. So I'll be packing everything today. So everything should be out by Saturday, hopefully. Um, so, yeah. So then, you know what? There was interesting. Um, there was one campaign. I'm not going to say it, but there was one campaign that announced that they were funded a couple of days ago. But when I checked today, I guess some people pulled out because they're not funded again. But anyway, I want to shout out to, um, you know, uh, Martha, who has Seed Seekers, um, has three days left on her campaign. Um, uh, Beowulf, Grant Lanker just launched Beowulf. He has 41 days to go. Um, you know, he's uh, definitely trending on the, on his way there. Uh, as of this airing, uh, he's at 49 backers. Uh, so he's on his way to um, being funded. Roadkill Rampage, Rodney Fike. Uh, he has seven days left on his campaign. And Bushy Boo. Circus Mysteries, 23 backers, 18 days to go. He is shy of $307 from being funded. And um, uh, and George already mentioned Mark. Um, so, yeah, so check out those campaigns if you haven't done so already. Uh, really cool creatives out there, and uh, they worked hard on their projects. So if you can give some love, even if you can just share it and repost it with friends, that would be dope. Yeah, yeah. And big shout-out to the guests that we've had um, this week on the show. We had uh, Kurt Sasso, who has uh, Two Geeks Talking. It's a it's a podcast that he does. So big shout out to him. Big shout out to uh, to Rodney Fike, who you just mentioned, who has his Kickstarter Roadkill uh, uh, Rampage. Yep. Make sure you check that show out because you know we talked a little bit about his um, his process and, and and what he go you know how he creates his stories and stuff like that. He's got a very interesting story. I didn't realize that he had been in the game that long and that he actually did some uh, some inking for uh for one of the big twos back in the day so that's a that's a cool story he told right, us he and, and i have a similar history uh story because um he identified that he was not the right artist to do roadkill rampage that, that wasn't his strength same thing with me with forbidden um i prefer a specific style of art which is more cartoony same thing with him so as i was listening to him i was like oh that's exactly my what i did my approach he's like you and i think when you're, you're honest with yourself and you say that you know I, I understand my limits um and i'm not the one that's going to give this life um i think that shows a sign of maturity especially because sometimes you want to do everything um being able to say no nah, no nah, you know what i wrote it i'm going to find somebody else who can give this um the tlc it needs that was pretty dope yeah. And big shout out to Sebastian Bonet also, who was on the show last night. And he was talking about his book, Concrete Combat, and his Patreon. So if you guys want to check that out, Sebastian's a great guy. He's got a show called The Nerds of the Round with uh, Tone from Across the Hall. That was a Law, good show. And night. now, yeah, now Val has joined the show. So check that out. They do, uh, they do a show on Tuesday nights um, at 9 p.m. So yeah, they've been they've been doing their thing, man. So big shout out to all the indies out there who are who are making it happen, trying to make it happen. So and remember that. If you do want to be on the show, there is a link down below. You can sign up to be a guest on our show. We do shows live at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Uh, we're not doing the. We used to do the Kickstarter shows. We're not. We're saving the uh, the Kickstarter shows for pre-recorded shows. So please make sure that you, if you do have a Kickstarter, you let us know at least 45 days in advance, so that yeah. we, you know, so that way we can air it with yeah. enough time, right? So we can air it with enough time. We want to go live with 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 indies and and not just indies in the comics. Um, we want to talk to indies, whether it's in music, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. We have we have a very cool um, uh, was uh, interview that you did with uh, with a gentleman who's an entrepreneur. 
is the CEO and that, that's and owner of a uh, call center, call in, center Costa Rica. in Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. he's got That's going to be airing on uh, September second. Yeah. So you know, we want different different things. So if you guys have something you guys want to talk about, we we love the stories, we love the journeys. You know, so we want to do that live. We want to do that live for the people on Wednesday evening. So if you guys want to sign up, make sure you go to that link and check us out. Yeah, and then check out this Saturday, um, Tech the Gods, book number three on what's mm -hmm. in the box. And then next weekend, next Saturday, check out um, uh, the the art book review by Christian Alawas um, that I'll be doing for next Saturday on what's in the box. So, um, you know, I brought back what's in the box for these two creatives um, uh, because I know that uh, <clears throat> they are really passionate about their craft and they promote what they do and they put a lot of love wow. into what they do so i just felt like i, I wanted to bring back what to the box for those guys because i did put it on hiatus yeah i mean exposure is the key right and yeah. and i think i think it's a two-way street when you're talking about that we, we you know this is this is a platform for you to showcase your stuff but this platform doesn't get seen un unless you also promote the fact that you're going to be on that platform so yeah. You know, it works both ways. And these two, Jenna, and like you said, these two creators, um, you know, obviously Michael San Martino, big, big friend of the show, and Christian Lewis, that's what they do. That's how they roll. You know, they they promote, promote, promote. And we appreciate that. And we appreciate that. So, you know, you return the favor. They, and they have good stuff. It's not even like we're just doing it just because they really do have, this stuff is really good. Like, yeah. it's really good stuff. So you guys want to check that out on Saturday. It's going to be dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had fun doing that episode. Um, yeah, yeah that, was, that was pretty dope. Um, yeah, man, lots to talk about. Um, you know, we got some interesting topics. I mean, we, so, uh, I was on Instagram a couple yeah. of days ago at first, mm -hmm. at first, I, you know, I didn't, I was looking at it. I was like, Oh, this is a little different for John Leguizamo. And if you don't know who John Leguizamo is, he played the clown, um, in Spawn. He, uh, he was, um, I forgot the name of the character in Carlito's way. Benny Blanco from the Benny Bronx, Blanco bro. The Bronx. There you go. Benny Blanco. Benny Blanco. You know, he's played, a, uh, he was in uh, Tu Wang Fu. Um, <laughs> and, and he's got a bunch of uh, one man shows. Yeah, I went, I seen, um, I seen Mambo Mouth. I seen, um, what is it? Uh, I, I seen three of them. I, I ghetto, ghetto Clown. Doesn't ghetto he have one called Ghetto Clown? Yeah, yeah. Ghetto Clown. He has uh, a bunch of them. Yeah, but, there's a few um, of them. I loved going to see him live. But Oh, he's hysterical, hey, dude. Yeah, so he went on Instagram live and he was, um, you know, <clears throat> uh, basically expressing his, um, I guess his lack of appreciation or his disdain for the fact that Hollywood has selected a non-Hispanic actor in James Franco to play Fidel Castro. And so he he's like, you know what, I've had enough. You know, it's like um, you just dropped the film with a Hispanic lead for Marvel Comics. You know, you, you continue to put all of these non-Hispanics to play Hispanic roles. When you have plenty of Hispanics out there, we represent 30% of the box office. We want 30% of the films. So for every 10 films, there should be three where you have Spanish leads. And um, um, and so I saw that at first and I was like, oh, wow, you know, this guy's mad. But then it it took off. The whole the Hispanic community is in uproar right now because of this. And uh, so it, I, it was interesting because George and I off the record would always talk about, you know, Whatever's happening right now, we're just watching it. You know, there's not enough Showing. noise in the Hispanic community. We never make noise. Everybody's just chilling. You know, <laughs> there's barbecues, right? And uh, um, and then, uh, but I guess it took something like this for people to say enough. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, no, I, I think I think there needs to be representation um, all across the board, and, and this isn't 
and this isn't a case of like you're turning a superhero into a Spanish character, which people right. are in uproars about that kind of stuff. Or, you know, you're doing something where you're changing a superhero and you make, no, this is Fidel Castro. Like this yeah. is, you know, a dictator, uh, you know, from Cuba who was Spanish. Like, you know, Hispanic. It's not even like we're just trying to make, so why would you take, and, I, and I'm not saying James Franco couldn't do the job. It's not, it's not, you know, we're not talking about how he's not good of an actor to do that. It's not about that. It's about, Dude, there are plenty of Hispanic actors out there that can totally take this role and kill it. Yeah. They just need the opportunity. And why not give them the opportunity? We're talking about we're talking about a, a, a character that is already of Latin descent. So, like, let's just do it. Let's get let's get an actor in there. And that can play. There are plenty of I mean, I can think of plenty of actors that can do that. I mean, John probably, probably played him. You know what I mean? John right. Guzamo could have done it. I mean, you know, there, there's plenty, there's plenty of, of, of actors, even 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 actors that maybe we don't know um that can do the job i mean right now people are, are are you know upset about the fact that namor is going to be played by a hispanic actor and it's like you're upset about that <laughs> but then here comes fidel castro is a role that they can play and they choose another actor and there's no you know now the uproar is coming from us which i think it's it's fair i think it's fair fair is fair let's let's, let's give a hispanic actor a chance and let's let's let them knock it out the park yeah i you know i think so too i think um you know I agree with the fact that you shouldn't take, I mean, a character from the comic book universe that was always traditionally white and then say, yeah, I'm going to, I want to, I want to put a Mongolian a plate or whatever it is. Um, I think you create the character, do what um, Tyler Perry did. He decided to create his own movie studio, create his own characters, whatever it is and say, you know what, it's just not enough representation. So we're going to create our own studio and this is what we're going to do. So same thing. I think, if there's existing characters and that's their ethnicity, then you need to keep it pure. I think, um, and I get it, I'm an actor and I can play any role. But I mean, had it not been for the fact that the black community approved of Robert Downey Jr. playing the black face in uh, Tropic Thunder, it would have been an uproar because it was a skit. It was a comedy and Jamie Foxx co-signed it and all these other people. But um, what I'm saying is, I don't, I think when you have these roles, you know, I think it was, I think, I think back in the days when Al Pacino played Scarface and all this other stuff, people accepted it. I think now, I think people want to see, they want to see themselves. They want to see themselves on the screen, especially when it's, yeah. that's the person, that, that's their birthplace, that's their origin. It should be somebody who is familiar with the culture, who represents the culture. I think that's what it is. And uh, so I understand what he's saying um, um, 100%. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, all these discussions never had, you know, when I was a kid, you didn't even recognize any of this stuff. I just, I, I just lived in a diverse community and it, it is what it was. As you get older, all this stuff going on, um, there are some things that are just right. And there are things that are wrong. And I think in this place, I think they made a mistake. Yeah. You know, it's, you, you mentioned um, Al Pacino. There, there were, there was an uproar for him even back then when he was playing that character, not to the point that there is now, but I still, I still know a few, like I, I, I talked to some of my friends, like, you know, Hispanic friends or whatever, especially Cuban friends. Who who hate the fact that Al Pacino played a Cuban um, back in the days with that with that accent? You know, he made it sound crazy. You know what I mean? It to me, I mean, I love the movie, and I remember watching that movie when I was a kid with my uncles and you know my dad and stuff like that, and they didn't have a problem with it. It was just an action flick to them. You know, it was nothing. It was Dude, just an listening flick. to him talk. I I I, I was around me. I mean, his accent, the way he spoke, 
I heard it in my family, you know. So it was like I was like I did, I, I was like oh that's Bolo, that's my uncle Bolo, <laughs> right? You know the way right. he spoke. Yeah. So yeah. I so when people was mocking it, I think they were just mocking it because he wasn't Spanish. But if it was a Spanish acting, he sounded that they, they wouldn't have had a problem with it because oh yeah, that's my cousin, right? But um, it I think I just think now is a time where all I think fair is fair. I, I don't agree with changing the, the ethnicity of an existing character, that an iconic character. But I do agree that if the character comes from a specific background, you should have that represented. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally. I mean, I think I think a Hispanic actor should play um, Fidel Castro. Like, I, I just think that that's just what should happen. <laughs> I don't think that, and like, no knock on, I mean, James Franco's, you know, he's, he's, he's under, he's been under fire for some things too. But I don't think that that's a role I he should wise. be playing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he, that's a that's a role he should be playing. I just don't, you know. But, but yeah, no, that's uh, it, it's interesting because I did see, um, you know, I have Cuban friends on my social media feed, and they were they were angry about that. They're like, "What the hell is this? Why would why would you why would you do that? Like, why would there's pl there are plenty of guys out there who can probably kill this role." Yeah, I'm surprised, especially, you know? and that's what I'm saying. That comes back with the insensitivity of what's happening, right? Because sometimes you have these people, and again, it all depends on who's at the helm, right? Who's at the top making these decisions? Because what I I worked for an organization that was a a, a a foreign um, owned company. And so in, in that side of the world, they didn't recognize some of the things that are insensitive to specific cultures. So they would release things and then there would be a black backlash in the U S or whatever, because of it was um, racially uh, insensitive or whatever it was because they just didn't get it because that wasn't what they're used to. Right. So, but they, but it, the companies need to understand that you have divisions, you have um, what diversity and inclusion leadership teams now in every company. You're not going to pick up on the fact that yo, you're going to create, you're going to create a problem. We already have this problem existing in, in America. You're gonna, right. now you're going to add to that. You just dropped a nine hundred million dollar film or whatever you spent on that had a leading Hispanic role, and and now you're going to do this. You know what does that say? Is that who's who's producing the movie? Is it Warner? Is it is it? Uh... Oh, I don't know. Let me see. Oh, okay. I, th I thought it was. Article right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot of that stuff going on. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, Batgirl just from Warner Brothers was just dropped $90 million. They're like, nah, we're not doing this. Supergirl, I think, also played by a Colombian actress, uh, I think is going to get the axe. And Blue Beetle is played by, uh, I think he's uh, he's actually, I think the, 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 the actor is uh, half Ecuadorian, bro. Big shout out to Ecuador. Um, and I think, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen with that movie. Uh, the kid from, uh, from Karate Kid. So yeah, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, where's this, uh, so who produces this thing? It doesn't, it's not saying, I'm, I'm, it's, it's an article by the Hollywood Reporter, but it's not saying who's the company. Oh, okay. Um, who's the filming? Uh, yeah, it's just a long, long, long article, but I don't see who's the, it doesn't say who the film industry is. Uh, I got gotcha. you. The, the company producing it. Um, yeah, yeah, it, you know, it is what it is, but there's also black backlash on She Hulk with the CGI. I, which I don't, I mean, I, I thought I talked to Anibal about this, Anibal Arroyo, our friend, and he he had a problem with it at first. Honestly, man, like, I think with CGI, I think we're, we're getting spoiled. Like, I think our eyes are starting to see now the mistakes in it. You know what I mean? Because we've seen it so much. And now we're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't look right. That doesn't look right. Where I, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I personally, I, I don't, 
I don't mind the CGI. You know, I, I think I, I'm just I'm, I'm in it for the story. And I think the story looks like it's going to be good. Um, and I like the actress. She looks, you know, she looks fun. She looks like she, you know, she's she's going to play a great um, She-Hulk. So I'm not I'm not really all that upset about the CGI. I, I think that these personally, I think that these these artists are under a lot of pressure to get these things done like this. Yeah. And I don't think that they had the time to get in and do what they really have to do in order for it to be a hundred percent, which I, it sounds like an excuse, but honestly, dude, like, I don't, I don't see an issue with it. Have you, you seen, you seen the trailer, right? Have you seen it? Like I've seen the first, the first trailer uh, about a month ago, whatever it was. And it would look weak. The, yeah, the, the first trailer. Yeah. The CGI but, looked weak. And, um, but they fixed it. Since. But I think people don't understand. I mean, just the rendering time of a 3d clip. Well, yeah. Right? So I know these companies, they have these super servers or whatever, <laughs> but rendering, a a 30 second or one minute shot takes hours right you know because you have all these layers and lighting and tones and and bones and keyframes and all these things that go into when they're they're creating that so when you have to edit something so if you render it it comes out the lighting was off they got to redo it you know that this was off you got to redo it and then you got to re-render it so you got to go read back and edit it again then you got to put it to render and you got to wait while the server renders it and that takes time so I, uh, you know, and again, you know, to your point, well, you know, everyone's rushing to get to be first. Yeah. We gotta get this out. We gotta make money. We gotta get this out. And uh, what's the issue? They were talking about the the the, the CGI um, issues that they look very weak. I mean, when you look at Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear that just came out. I mean, I think the CGI is beautiful because it, there there were no actual real life characters. I think it's well, that's green, what it is. I think it's the yeah. green and the Hulk that makes it look weak. Um, um, and I think because trying to create that green to look like flesh, um, and I think they didn't do enough rendering and detailing, um, uh, with that. And I think that's what made it look weak with that first trailer. I was like, Ooh, it looks very, it looks like a cartoon thrown in, in reality. Um, so I'm sure by the time it comes out, they'll have those things fixed. But I think maybe that was their plan. Maybe that was their plan to create an uproar, create a buzz around the She-Hulk, show, show this, you know, this, what they knew was probably not going to be um, their strongest uh, clip, but it might create a buzz because controversy sells, right? It could be a tactic. It, it could be, but but also I, I just think it's it's like, it's like you said, I think it's more of, we, we got to be first. And we promised She-Hulk was coming out. We got to give them something. Throw something out there. It's not finished. I know it's not finished. Throw it out there. We'll fix it. We'll fix it later. You know what I mean? We'll fix it later. And so the second one that came out during uh, San Diego Comic-Con was better. Does they it? fixed a lot of it. Yeah, they fixed a lot of it. It does look better. Now, um, the, the show was originally supposed to air on August 17th. They moved it one day. So it's now it's premiering August 18th. So I'm, I'm sure they're still working. They're still tweaking things on the show. And obviously every week, I mean, you know, now that it comes out so on the 18th. This series, not a film. No, it's a series. Yeah, it's a series. So it's going to be a series on Disney Plus airing uh, next week on the 18th. Yeah, the 18th next week. So the first issue will, I mean, the first issue, the first episode will be out next week. I don't know if they're going to do like, you know, how sometimes they'll drop two or three episodes at a time. I don't know if they're going to do that. But um, but yeah, I, I have an issue, man. I, I, for me, it's more of like, let's make sure that story's good, man. Because if that story's good, I'll forgive that stuff. Some people won't, but I'll forgive it. I mean, if it's a good story, I'll, I'll forgive all that stuff. If you think about some of the some some comics, you look at some comic books, you're like the artwork isn't great, but the story itself is amazing. You know, like I'm re I'm reading I'm reading um what you call it the Sandman, 
And if you look at Sam Keith's work from back in 88, it wasn't, some of it is, yeah, it's a little, you know, some of the anatomy's off and stuff like that, but the story is so good. You just keep reading. You just keep going because the story is so good. It's like, a, you know, you say that, you know, good, good artwork will sell you the first book, but great, a great story will, will sell you the series. And that's exactly what I'm hoping will happen with the She-Hulk is that the story will sell me on the series and I'll keep watching it um, as long as the story is good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think, look, <clears throat> no one's ever going to be 100% satisfied. I mean, look at, um, what was it? Uh, what just came out? Um, <clears throat> Prey, right? There's a different opinion from 100 different people, right? You're never going to please everybody. You know, and I think I think it's the studios and the creators' responsibility to just put their best foot forward and let the chips fall where they may. Because at the end of the day, um, if you feel like you did the best thing and you can hang your hat up on that, walk away. Don't look at the critics and just keep moving. Um, but I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I watch people just rip things apart for the sake. I mean, and it's the same people that rip everything apart. Right. You know, so I see a lot of people that everything they see, it, it's horrible. And I'm like, come on, come on, stop it. Stop it. And uh, it's that one-sided point of view that, you know, you can't just get through. It's that conversation that you don't want to have with that kind of person. And it's like, oh, no, no, I know that guy. I'm not, I'm not even wasting my time. I'm going over there, right? Um, and uh, But you're not going to be able to please everybody. I mean, I, I enjoyed Lightyear. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't watched it. Oh, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was just beautifully, beautifully rendered. Um, I, I love the story. It was just really, I, I hope they do a part two. Um, it, was, it was awesome. You yeah. know, and I love it for the entertainment value, you know, and that's the biggest thing. Sometimes you're going to have things that are going to like, wow, I want to see that again. Like, like, yeah, I'll watch it again. There's some things that I enjoyed it, but I'm not going to run to see it again, you know, and, um, you know, you just got to keep it pushing. It's entertainment. I, I think, I think, I, I think when it's, it, you're set, there's a standard that's set, right? And like, I think there are expectations that moviegoers and I think fans have of properties that they're going to that they're going to go see or that they're going to support and when that and and so in their minds they're like all right this has to be this good because that's what i'm expecting and when it doesn't reach that expectation they're just like man this was this was garbage they did this wrong they did that wrong they did that wrong and you sometimes sometimes you do a disservice to yourself as a fan because you don't get to enjoy it because you're already coming into it with these with like these judging eyes you're like yeah. okay i'm gonna make sure i find something wrong with this thing instead of just sitting down and saying let me enjoy this thing for what it is you yeah. know when when i sat down and i was watching that movie pray you know, I, I sat in there and I'm and I'm looking at it through my, you know, through my writer's eye. I mean, oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. Well, all I got to do is just sit down and enjoy a movie that's mindless, just fun. It's the Predator, bro. This isn't, you know, a Shakespeare play or this isn't a movie that's going to win an Academy Award. It's right. it's just a Predator movie, you know. But and so I think we got to cut these creators a little bit of slack. I get it. They're paying, getting paid a lot of money to do what they're doing. And that's probably the other reason why people are like, yo, you're getting paid a lot of money to do this. I expect high quality stuff if I'm paying for this, uh, for this or whatever. So I get that also. But sometimes you just got to sit down and say, yo, man, get some, grab popcorn and just chill and watch this thing. If it's garbage, it's garbage. I mean, <laughs> you know, if it's trash, it's trash. But if you're entertained at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? I mean, we can all talk about matters. how good I mean, or bad it is. Everyone but... talked about the Predator franchise, but they saw every one of them. Stop acting up. If the mm -hmm. name itself is gonna is gonna bring you in, whether or not it keeps you there, that's a different story. 
But the name's going to bring you in, you know. Absolutely. And, and for that, I mean, it's one of the coolest, iconic characters ever created. Dude, I think, honestly, we were talking about this. The, I think the Predator is one of the coolest aliens I, I've mm -hmm. ever seen, like, created on screen. Like, I, that, that dude looked serious. Like, the sound it makes. The thing that I didn't like about it as they evolved, as they keep making the movies, they made him sound more monstrous. Like, Where at the beginning, it was just creepy with the clicking... Like yeah. that, sh that 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 sound was creepy as hell. When you start bringing in the roars and all that, I'm like, all right, I've seen that before. What I liked about the '88 movie was that, you know what I mean, Alexander. So yeah, so I'm the craziest alien. Uh, what I would love to have seen is the aliens win, the predator wins. Like like you know, everyone that somebody somebody's beating them. You know, every movie someone's beating them. They did as bad and as dangerous as they are. How they always take it a loss. Get let's make a movie where wherever they do, they're the ones that end up on top. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who win. Uh, where you know they should do. I don't know if you remember Exo Squad. Yeah. Right, the Neo Sapiens. Right. So maybe flip the script. Well, now you know they have the the humans in a camp working for them and all this stuff you know they gotta flip the script and, and tell the story from their point of view not just our point of view trying to kick their rear and trying to survive and take them down yeah well you know what makes predator good is the guys arnold jesse ventura you know it's i i rewatched it i hadn't seen it in years i rewatched oh, it recently 100 times i rewatched it recently bro and it's it's a really good movie like yeah, it's got its 1980s, you know, corny, you know, kind of like, you know, yo, dude, that's like like macho stuff in there. But I think that that's what works, right? Because you throw these big macho diesel dudes into it's the expendables thing. and aliens. Yo, and they can't and they and and that alien dwarfs them. Like it he breaks Arnold down to the point where like at the end of the movie, he's just spoiler alert, he's just sitting in the chopper and he's just like this. He's just like, he can't believe what just happened. Like yeah. he's a destroyed man. And that's the beauty of that movie because he starts like this diesel, you know, confident dude. When yo, dude, when they first when you when you first meet Arnold and he meets um Carl Weathers, yeah. they give each other like a, a pound like this, and and their arm wrestling, their air, their air arm wrestling, and all you see is just bicep, bro. That's all they're showing. I'm like, really? Like that's all they're showing, right? So, but that's setting up what's going to happen to this big diesel dude and how little that predator is going to make him feel after he goes through it all. So <laughs> it's a really well-made movie. It was like us at the <laughs> Yeah, baby. That's what it was no, like. But, no, but exactly to that point was you had all of these highly experienced, dangerous men, right? Right. You know, skilled killers who were terrified yes. because they were facing something that they've never faced before. Yeah, you know when when he said yeah. when when he was like he goes what are you staring at you know to um what was the name of the 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 the, the Indian character he's like what are you staring at and he's like oh yeah I don't know um whatever is out there you know and you see the fear in his eyes and he's like and he's holding his thing was I'm it like Billy I think Billy yeah yes, Billy yeah, yeah. Billy. yeah. Billy. yo that itself I was like. Yo, and then you could see yourself in there. Like, what would I do? Would I piss in my pants? What would I do if I was out there with Bro, them? It was a <laughs> you know rat. I mean? It was a rat. It's like, oh, when when he's like, you know what? They're gonna go. I'm gonna just sacrifice myself. And he cuts his chest, and he's standing there, and he gets gutted. It was the the craziest film. I like I like the uh, Mac. I like Mac. Um, the guy, I forgot his name, the actor playing Mac, the black guy playing Mac. He was dope, bro. He was like, I'm gonna you. And he just going off on this thing. And it was like, no fear. And the way he kills these guys is the one that was like, gonna have control. me some fun. Gonna have me some fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, good was, flick. It, good it flick. Was a fantastic, really good fantastic. It was yeah. a fantastic movie. Um, Bill Duke. Yeah, there you go. Bill Duke. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. Yep. Yep. I mean, it was just, I mean, you think about what they're dealing with, right? So they're dealing with going on a mission that they have no information about. They've been lied to by his friend. Well, they were lied to, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and that's the that's the twist. And that's what yeah. I like. That's storytelling. Yeah. That's a twist, yeah. ma'am. You know what I mean? You had stories within the story. Then you had the yeah. story from her point of view, right? Because she escaped and mm -hmm. she's like, you know, the 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 devil's out there, whatever. And so it's like it was so she throws the lore, she throws yes. the lore into it. Yes, yes. and she yeah, brings yes. So what, Very what well we did was you as the audience, you now are captivated and now you become part of the film. You're in there because you can feel the anxiety. You can feel the fear. You're like you're watching, you know, intently. It's like you forgot you had popcorn. You're like, no, it's good. <laughs> it's good. And then, and, and then when she tells him, I mean, and this is one of the, the lines right in the movie where she tells him, she's like, and when he got hit, whatever, he left blood on the things. And he's like, yes. if it can bleed, we can kill it. Yes. And that's like one of those lines. You're like, Best lines in the world. But it totally makes sense, right? Yes. Like, if if it bleeds, we can kill it. And that's when like, he. Right, that's when kill he it. had a new um, burst of confidence because before he had no plan. He's like, yo, I don't know what the hell we're gonna do. Because wait, wait, hold like, on. What you just say? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All right, we can cut it. Let's cut it. You know, let's kill this bad boy. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was yeah, good. Yeah, Dan was hot fired. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was actually the alien. He was the uh, the predator. Um, who Van Dam? He was yeah. in the. He was in the suit. Yeah, he was fired. I forgot the reason why, but yeah, he was fired from it. Mm. Um, probably he wanted to do predator kicks. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to do splits, splits in between trees and shit. Freaking damn damn. That was. I mean, that came out at the same time as Full Metal Jacket. Um, that same time, um, because I remember going. That was the only time, as a family, we went with my mom to go see. We double feature. It was my best friend Angel and Raymond, and uh, my mom and my brother. And um, we went to um, Sunrise Movie Theater and we saw a double feature. We went to see The Predator and then she's like, you want to see another one? So we went in and we had to see um, Full Metal Jacket together. Fantastic. Fantastic way to spend the day. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got to watch Full Metal Jacket again. Oh. Um, yeah. That first half of that movie was bananas. Um, but yeah, oh. no, I got to check that out. But yeah, man, I mean. You know what it was like these guys, these guys went in there and they were supposed to be the best of the best at what they were doing. They're supposed to be experts at what they were doing. Right. Um, and then it turns out, <laughs> you know, there's always somebody. So sometimes there's always somebody better than you and you got to be ready. And what are you going to do? But yeah, no good flick. I mean, listen, you should check out Prey. Um, I'd like to see what you think about it. I don't know if anybody who's watching saw it. I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie. I mean, I, they're giving it. I love the trailer. Incredible. I saw the trailer and I fell in love with it. Dude, they're giving incredible. They're giving it like incredible. I, I think it was a solid movie. I don't know that. I, oh my god, amazing! It was a solid movie. Was, is this the highest streaming movie. movie on Hulu? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, listen. The, it's it's like it's like. Have you seen Top Gun, the second uh, oh. uh, Maverick? No. That movie. It already I, came out. I, I, yeah, yeah, oh, spin out, dude. That's oh, in the movie theaters. <laughs> so no, but that movie was really good. Maverick was. I think Maverick might have been better than the original. To be honest with you, I think that that was a much better movie um, than the Where's original. That stuff coming to HBO Max. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming to HBO Max. That's a good question. I don't know. But anyway, we're talking about experts, Sam. You had a topic on Monday about experts. Give us, give us the rundown. What, what, what was your, what was your, your, um, oh, your assessment of experts. Oh, okay. Door There's open. Nobody there, bro. My door wow. just open. Ghosts. That's just. I <laughs> know. It's behind you. The little culprit. Oh, there he goes. He's behind you, bro. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Sam was about to cut the stream. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Get out. 
talking predators in this <laughs> This kid was talking predators. The predator was in the house. Right here. There's your predator right there, bro. <laughs> you little busted. Um, yeah, so if you go online, everybody claims to be an expert, right? Uh, you know, I have a I have a podcast, so I'm an expert in podcasting. I have a book, so I'm an expert in, in, in publishing. I have this, I'm an expert actually. So what happens is when when the non-experts you know, they're looking to get a faster um, route to the finish line. So they hire these experts without doing their research to really understand if they truly are experts. And and, and for me, the, the difference, um, expert in opening doors, yeah, that one, he's a locksmith. And um, so for me, it's like I, I was one of those guys that, you know, it's like, all right, I'm going to outsource an expert. And it didn't work in my favor because I didn't do my due diligence. Right. And then when I decided, guys, what is, what is an expert? Right. So an expert is somebody who's skilled at a specific thing. Um, and what does that mean? That means they did their homework. That means they did their due diligence. That means they, they were they're very proficient at a specific area. And does that mean that you're incapable of becoming an expert? No, I just think. My opinion is before you go and run off and pay somebody, figure out if whether or not you can do it yourself um, and save that money. Because everyone's, if you go on social media anywhere, everybody's selling you something, right? You know, art school, this, that, you know, I can teach you this, I can teach you that. And um, just because somebody got picked up and published doesn't make them an expert. That means that somebody in the editing department saw quality in their book and said, we're going to publish this book. So don't use that as your template to make your decision as to whether or not I want to hire this person because now they're consulting, right? Because there's a whole lot of things that go on on the back end of it that um, that attributes to becoming an expert in a specific field. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm trying to figure out. So you, what's your stance? Experts don't exist or? No, all right. And what I'm saying is the difference yeah. between an expert and you is the expert did their job. They did their work. Right. So, for instance, <clears throat> you want to um, the reason why colorists, there, there are a lot of amazing colors that I follow on YouTube. Right. Um, because this is something that wasn't my strength and I want to strengthen becoming a colorist. Now, I could have said, let me go and take an online course, or I could just go on YouTube and watch some of these videos and some of these guys who do it and learn myself and do it that way, or go to the website of the software that I'm using because they have tips and tutorials for their program and learn that way, right? So rather than spending the money to go out, I'm going to go and um, find other means to learn, right? So what I'm saying is the difference is the work, is the work you put in that makes you proficient. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think I, I agree. I agree to it. I, I, it all depends on your time also. Right. So like, let's say, for example, I'm a coloring expert. Let's say, for example, let's say, for example, yeah, you want to color. You said it, you said it today you, when we were talking about Rodney and even you, you said, all right, I'm not, my style of art doesn't, doesn't, can't really match what I want to do with Forbidden. So I'm going to go hire somebody to do it. Right. Could you sit there and have learned how to draw that way or, or, or sharpen your skills to get to that level? Sure. How long is that going to take you? Though? Right. Do you have the time to learn all that stuff? Or do I just hire somebody who can do that and pay for that and do it? Sure. We could probably learn anything. I mean, in, in today's world, you can go on YouTube and learn anything you want. 
Will you be AC because of YouTube? Right. Will you be as? But would you be as proficient as an AC expert that can come in there and do it in two seconds? Probably not. You're probably never going to get to that level. Not not at this point because you don't have the time to do so. So you go ahead and find yourself an expert to to do it and pay them to do it. So I think it really depends on the time. It really depends on and how bad you want to learn it and how interested you are in learning it. For example, like you said, coloring. You wanted to learn coloring, right? It's something that you enjoy you enjoy doing i mean i think we were talking about the the other day right flatting is probably the 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 least favorite part of it but you do enjoy the rendering and all that other stuff you enjoy doing it so you went ahead and you're learning tutorials you found out now would you pay for that probably not because you say hey i got enough skill to learn this my on my own why am i going to pay anybody to do it so i see that but when you don't have the skill set to do so i don't think there's anything wrong with looking for an expert now what i will say though and, and to your point is but do your research. Make sure that if this person calls himself an expert, that they really are an expert and you're paying right the right amount of money for that expert. You know, don't get don't get fooled into I'm an expert and then all of a sudden, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think I think they're just, you know, it depends on your time. It depends on how much time you have to learn. But and it's the same thing. Like for instance, the biggest thing, uh, thanks, Alexander. The the biggest thing is like Kickstarter, right? Everyone's claiming to be an expert on Kickstarter, so that everyone's a consultant now and they're, they're, they're selling right. Well, service, yeah, right. Yeah. And all they did was go to the Kickstarter, how to be successful on Kickstarter page, and they just did exactly what Kickstarter is asking them to do. This is why mm-hmm. they're they're using the templates. The 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 the, the Kickstarter saying have a nice, you know, um, um, graphic, uh, a compelling graphic, no fonts, no text, you know, make sure you have this, 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 and that. And that's how they rise to the top to get campaign. We love all this other stuff. And, and they move up in the algorithms. They're, they're following the template. And so now they're an expert and you're like, Oh my God, they're so successful. I need to hire them when you could have just gone to that same page did exactly that, took the time instead of rushing to Kickstarter, because I see what a lot of indies do is they rush to Kickstarter because they want, they think they're going to make the money really quick, and then they fell flat in their face, and they're like, oh, man, what happened? Because you didn't follow any of the rules. I mean, how many times do you have people, um, hey, what's up, Dan? Uh, how many times do you have people come on our show? We talk about Kickstarter. We've had interviews with people who are successful in Kickstarter, and what's the formula? We talk about all these things. They overlook all that stuff. All that information is free. Right. And, you know, all you have to do is just go out to people. What you what, look at their pages, study, study the, the, the flow, the rhythm. And you can have be uh, get close to being more successful than you would have been if you did it your way. And I think it's sometimes I think you get caught up you, you're in your own way sometimes. And, and before you rush, do your homework. Ask yourself, am I able to do this? And if you're not and you need to outsource, make sure you get the right person. Yeah, that yeah. has you know. Look at the track record. Go get some. Go get some uh, feedback from previous clients. You know, talk to people out there. What are the pros and cons of working with this person? What did they actually do for you? What was the communication like? You know, did they really care about you and your project, or you were just they just wanted your money and they ran? You know, all those things. Yeah, no, you're right because I, and, and the thing the thing with 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 crowdfunding and, and Kickstarter specifically is. Are there really Kickstarter experts? Like, are there are are there any really out there? Because I think different things work for different people. You know, there there are there are constants, right? Obviously, you have to promote your your stuff. You have to make your make sure your page is clean, so that it's understand. And and the thing is, make sure that your page is something that people can understand. Because what I found, even and I'm no expert at it, but what I found when I did my my Kickstarter campaign was that. 
People don't understand some of the terminology. They don't know what add-ons are. You know, they don't know what what stretch goals are. Because remember, you not, not you don't only want your your fellow indies to support you. You want random people to go to your page and say, hey, what is this crowdfunding thing? I've never heard of it. And so you have to explain it to them as if they've never seen anything like this before. And I think that clarity in pages is very important. Um, letting them know, letting them know what, what it is that they're getting for their money. That's the biggest thing. What are you selling on this page? Your first, and, and I've seen this in a lot of books and we've talked to a lot of people and they all say the same thing. Make sure that they know exactly what they're pledging to. You're putting those up, Sam, but I can't read them and I'm kind of like in the middle of a thought. So yeah, so just, because I, I don't want to ignore the, uh, the the chat. Um, But, so I think that you have to be clear about that stuff. Now, is that something that you need, quote unquote, an expert or to pay somebody to tell you that? No, we're telling you that right now. The Books have told you that, you know, say that all the time. People we've had on the show tell you all the time. So you don't need that stuff. Now, if you're the type of person who doesn't know how to design pages or do anything like that and you need to hire somebody to do that, that's a different story. Hire somebody to do that. But again, it goes down to doing your research. How good are these people at designing these pages so they can make me the most money? Now, what were some of the things that, that the chat was saying? Well, uh, the, the, the other thing yeah, is... Yeah, Dan, Clarity's point, yeah. The other thing is... Uh, what's up, Anibal? The other Anibal. thing is... Um, if you're doing a Kickstarter... And you're working with illustrators. Say you're the writer and it's your Kickstarter and you just outsourced everybody. Um, maybe one of the things that you need to consider when you're outsourcing for that and your goal is to launch that book on a Kickstarter is to make part of that that um, contract or whatever it is. I need some graphics for, for Kickstarter as part of this deal. You're the artist. I want some thumbnails or whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Work collaborate because it's in the best interest of everybody because if it's a successful kickstarter that artist gets recognition um as well all these other things um so i think some of those things you you have it within your means to um to be successful on kickstarter um you, you, it's just how you go about it don't take the shortcut because we've seen so many people they launched the kickstarter and you know 28 days in and they're like two percent of their goal because they didn't do any of the things that the kickstarter asks you to do um, and uh, I guess uh, this can still be, still be in theory without themselves. And then he says, I want to be a comic art editor and then and become an expert. Um, in theory, I, I think, no, I, I think that I think and we have, it's funny because I've had this discussion again. Aniba, you're watching, we've had this discussion before. I think, in order for you to consider yourself an expert, you have to have done it, you have to have done it gone through it failed succeeded failed yep. again succeeded failed like i think you have to constantly have been doing it in order for you to say okay now i know what i'm doing now i can teach other people to do that because yep. i've i've done it i've failed i've been at the bottom and i've been to the top now mm -hmm. i can teach somebody else or i can consider myself an expert at that because i've been through the ringer i've done it all i don't think that you can just be an expert in theory i think it's, it's like and i give this example all the time you can have passed the driving test a million. You could have had passed it many, many times. But until you sit behind that wheel, you don't know how to drive that car because you don't know how to how much gas you got to give it, hey. when to brake, and do all those things. You need to you need to have practice and not just theory because theory is one thing. But I think the expertise comes from actually doing it, yes. and being behind that wheel, and knowing how to jerk that wheel if somebody cuts you off. And doing all those things because the book is not going to teach you how to do that when you're sitting in, on that driver's seat. No, you know, 
And uh, I do my own Kickstarter, but I have a publicist. I find that it works well. He gets the interviews, the articles all set up, and I can concentrate on other things. Right. But it's and about there's, a track time. Record. there's a track record. You did your homework, you outsourced, and there's a track record. Now you have a relationship, and he truly has a vested interest in your success, which is important. Um, you know, same thing, the same theory. I remember when I was going for my driver's, um, what I did was I did YouTube. I said, I want to learn, I want to learn how to parallel park. Right. So on YouTube, I did, it was the, <laughs> it was the math of parallel parking. Right. And this guy, he's oh a math teacher. So this is how you did it. And so as the first time I got into the car, I remembered the math and I was like, and I did it. I had no problem. Aced it. Right. So, and, but when you get in the car, it's different because now you have to you have to sync with the vehicle, right? And you have, you have to remember all these things. But I think until you put it into practice, it's just like with swimming. Until you put it into practice, um, you know, just because you, you know how to swim doesn't make you uh, a competitor. You can't, you know, swim in competitions. You know, just because you can play ball in the park doesn't mean you can go play for the NBA. All these things you have to put into work. And that's what I'm saying. If you want to be proficient at something you have to put into work in the time and you have to be realistic with yourself. Is this worth my time or should I outsource? And if I'm going to outsource, let me talk to the community and see who they, who they refer to. Who's the expert that the community says in unison. Yeah. I like this person. I've worked with this person. Oh, this is what good, you know, before you go out and just believe the hype because everyone wants to sell you something. That's just more sometimes kids kick kickstarters can be overwhelming. They can be. They can be. I, I think. Oh. I think they. They. Um, yeah. I, I think it's attention. Attention. The, the attention span of a person also uh, matters. If, if you. If you're. If I'm going through a Kickstarter and I see five or six paragraphs of what I'm getting, I'm probably just going to skip through the writing and go to the pictures. You know, it, it's it's just a visual medium. So you have to have a good balance of both. Tell me what I'm getting. Show me what I'm getting. Tell me what I'm getting. Show me what I'm getting. And then make my choices to me personally. And I know, you know, we, we talk about this, Sam personally for me, less is like Sam, like Aniba said, less is more. If I have less options, I'm probably just going to pick one right quicker than if I had to read through 10 or 15 options. That's just, but that's just me as a consumer. You know what I mean? As a creator, I want to give you everything I have. So I want to try to give you as many options as you, as you want, as, as I can to make you, you know, choose one. As a consumer, however, I want less more. Less is more. Give me four or five, and I'll pick one. I know I, I know what I want. I want the book, okay? I want that book. So give me the book. Where can I get that book? I think we fall into the trap of, you know, adding this and adding that and giving you this and giving you that and giving you that because we understand that, you know, the, as you go down, more money, you know, they, 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 you know the, the bigger the, the, the rewards that you include, the more money that people can pledge to it. Um, I think what, what Kickstarter has done also, the add-ons are great because now you can add on. Rodney has a great, a great um, thing on his campaign, Rodney Fike, uh, Rampage, uh, Road, uh, what is it, Road Rampage. Yeah. He's got one where you build your own. So you, it's almost like an a la carte, straight up a la carte, where like the first thing is, you know, for at least a dollar, you start building it. So boom, you go in there. I want issue one. Okay, I got issue two. Let me get issue three. And you start building it, which is great. I've never seen that before in a Kickstarter. And I thought that was a great idea Yeah. Uh, for you to do that. Because now you can really do it a la carte. You can really get what you want without all the extra fluff. It's a buffet. You want it. Yeah, it's like a buffet, bro. Like yeah. a buffet. Yeah. So, you know, Kickstarter, I mean, listen, it's, it, I think people are still learning it. You know, it's a, it, it, it changes. And the more you do it, the, the more proficient you get at it. I mean, this is what, like your eighth? Right now, Sam, or something like that. So now you're you're starting to, to get into a rhythm. I mean, the followers on the on the page right now are growing. Things like that. You know, these are things that you're you're doing different things now. You know that you weren't doing at the beginning, and 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 it's working. 
again, it doesn't mean you're an expert. It just means that you're, you're, you're learning how to do what you have to do. And it works for you. It works for you. This is what works for you. And that's what it is. It's about what works and for every us. every campaign, I learn something different. Absolutely. Like Dan, for example, big shout out to Dan Price, who has, uh, um, uh, what you call it, Bigfoot Nose Karate. He's got a publicist. That works for him. He can concentrate on doing other stuff because that's not his area of expertise. Let that person get me into interviews and do all that other stuff that I don't have time to do. I can just focus on this. And that works well for him. And it, it, that's what it is. You got to find what works for you. And if, if you found a publicist that works for you, then use that person. That's your person. That's who you're going to go with. Um, but and you'll know if it doesn't work also, because if that person isn't getting you good interviews or the interviews that, that they're getting you, you know, there's not enough views or whatever the, the problem is, you get rid of that person and you move on to the next one. You know, it's like you live and you learn. It's, it's almost like a, you're, you're constantly learning how to do different things, you know? Yeah. So I just think, you know, do your homework, do your research, pick your battles. Um, you know, remember everything costs so you want to lessen the blow because when every time you have to outsource it's less for your product right yeah. So, yeah um you know which which comes first right so create a great product and then move from there um but before you go into the experts do your homework that's the moral of the story um you know and again it was a, a great conversation today um you know i'm gonna i'm going to um before i see uh, I want to start seeing the Sandman before I see Prey um, because there's just too many things to watch right now. And, Prey is uh, a movie, also, though. That's like that's like an hour and a half. The Sandman is about eight episodes, so you're probably going to get through Prey quicker than you would Sandman. You got to pray just to make it today. You got to pray, 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 pray. Remember that? Who did that? That's uh, isn't that MC Hammer? Yes, Hammer. Hammer time. Um, I know, right? Hammer toes. But uh, yeah, wow. uh, great episode. If you like this episode, guys, give us a thumbs up. Um, you know, subscribe if you haven't done so. If you're watching us on uh, Twitch and Facebook, head over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Help us grow this channel. Uh, we appreciate your support. And if you haven't joined us last night, uh, check out the interviews that we had. Um, <laughs> enjoy the MC Hammer. Um, <laughs> See you we later, the brother. Interviews that we did with Ronnie Fike and uh, Sebastian Bonet. Um, really good interviews last night. Uh, <laughs> and uh, really good interviews. And then check out what's in the box this weekend with uh, Tech the Guys book number three. That's gonna be dope. And uh, again, if you haven't done so already, head over to Kickstarter and sign up. Let's get to 100 signups. We're at 47. Thank you for the 47 people who signed up and the three who signed up yesterday. We appreciate your support. Link is in the chat. Um, hire an expert, lol. <laughs> hey Dad, I like this style. I know yeah, everybody's still at the bar. We're, we're, we're like with the performers packing up on stage, and everyone's still at the bar. Wait, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> uh, we, packing up the equipment, ready to go out. Ready to go out. So yeah, we appreciate every single one of you. Um, thank you for joining us. And uh until the next time, I'm your host with the most and the crazy man Vera. George the Dreamer Medina. Peace. And we are out. Uh -huh.